Hello, welcome back to the We'll Get To It Later podcast. There has been a long hiatus, but I am back again with world-renowned guest Ayaz Khan, and I was trying to come up with a better intro, and I couldn't think of anything on the spot, uh, so I'll just throw it to you. Would you like to intro yourself? Oh yeah, um, I would like to be referred to by my um, newly found vlog name, uh, uh, Don Orco. Don Orco. Yes, that's, that's your vlog name. That's my vlog name. Do you have a vlog, or that's uh, just what you use? What? It's how I update my Snapchat followers ah. uh, about my daily activities, such as working out or like getting food to eat, uh, studying, even using the bathroom. Sure, know? sure, sure. These are all things I've noticed the famous YouTubers vlog about, mm. and um, being as I'm on the same socio-economic level as ah, them, right. I figured I would do the same for my followers. Naturally, and naturally. fan base. What made you come up with that name? Ah, oh, it's an anime character. Oh, it's an anime character. Yes. So you're a big anime head. You must watch a ton of anime. No. Oh, huh. That's interesting. Either way, thank you for joining us today. Yes. I'm glad you could take time out of your busy schedule. We have exams coming up this week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're blown off a little steam here before we get back to the ground. through a couple hidden gems yeah so we'll start i would like to to bring up a story that uh, was in the news this past month about the amuamua asteroid so basically what this is is over the past decade or so we have seen this specific asteroid come in and out of our galaxy a couple times and just recently it made its way into our site into uh, a site of our galaxy and this isn't just any old asteroid however it has traits that are like no asteroid we've ever seen, which has led speculations about the possibility of it being extraterrestrial or alien in nature. Hmm. So, you know, the reason is it's, it's moving faster and in a direction that is all impossible for a normal piece of, you know, space rock. It's not following any gravitational forces. It's basically just breaking through um, at angles that we wouldn't expect, and it's going way faster than normal comets or asteroids should go. Do you know if, like, what's the size of it? Do you know if it's like similar size to a normal asteroid? So I don't, I don't remember what the actual like size size, but I, the shape is also something we've we've never seen. It's long. It's like hoagie shaped, like a it's long. Mm. It's long and skinny, which is weird. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're gonna be a rock breaking off of a larger rock, usually you don't break off looking like a hot dog. No, no. Um, <laughs> you know, if you were gonna choose your shape, I wouldn't choose hot dog. No, no, no. I would I would choose more like boulder. Boulder, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I would choose like Dwayne Johnson's uh, shape. Yeah, yeah. Or or, or the uh, the Pokemon character, the the Onyx. Oh, Onyx. On. I thought you were talking about um the other boy with the arms. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Regardless, uh. <laughs> well, so it, did you know Onyx was actually an asteroid that really? landed on Earth? Yes, it, it was, landed on Earth. Yes, it was an asteroid that uh, was shaped like similar to that, and it would always go back to its feeding source to help it evolve and become its final form of an Onyx. Interesting. Where is this? Was this the one in the in in Mexico that left the big crater? Yes, this is the one that it eliminated dinosaurs and brought about the age of Pokemon. Oh, so it, so you know, contrary to popular belief, it didn't go dinosaurs Jesus. No, it went dinosaurs Pokemon. Well, contrary to popular belief, the Earth is actually only two thousand years old. Oh, since Onyx. Yes, uh, Onyx was eliminated to bring about the Earth. Ah, uh, oh, and Jesus, and you know. Our that, modern history. That all made a lot of sense. I'm, yes. I'm glad we... If you apply a Laplace transformation, it does. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You, you have to really work out the calculations. Yeah, But yeah. it makes sense. But it makes sense. So, back to what I was saying about Oumuamua. Yeah. It, it's speculated it could be alien. Now, there are two hypotheses that could explain its motion. The first is it could be acting like a solar sail, which basically it, when photons from a star hit it, 
or a light source hit it, because it's in space and there's nothing to push back against it, it transfers momentum and it accelerates, mm-hmm. which is possible, but you would need an object that is ref- that is a perfect reflector, as they say, which most things are not. Some things, you know, if they're dark, they'll, accept, they'll absorb the sunlight, which is not transferring momentum. You need it to reflect. The other hypothesis is that it works much like an asteroid in that when it heats up, it expels dust or um, or particles from its surface, and the momentum of the dust leaving the surface actually propels it forward. You have that equal and opposite Newtonian reaction. But the problem is it's going way faster than you'd expect either of those things to go, and it's so far away from the sun that it would be weird for either of those things to be in play. So, you know, it's we have not ruled out the possibility that it is an alien, but... We're not sure yet, so we'll, we'll, you know, pick back up in a couple hundred years when we determine whether or not it was, in fact, an alien. Go through some cryogenic mm, deal, you know, mm-hmm, freeze mm-hmm. our bodies and yeah. come back to life to discover that. Well, we'll just join Walt Disney. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, our second hidden gem this week. The world's oldest wild bird is set to become a mother for the 37th time. Wow. That's more times than my own mother. That is factually correct. Yes, that's, that's not wrong. By about 35 times. Yes, yeah. wow. Um, anyways, this alba- this bird is a 68-year-old albatross. Wow. 68 years old. Can you imagine, uh, you know, 50 years ago, humans didn't even live to be 68. No. And, and we got this bird out here. This bird has literally witnessed presidents come and go. Yeah. Climate change. This bird has, witnessed, has witnessed the advent of... Of man-made things flying through its airspace. Oh, yes. I believe it might have been before its time, but... I think airplanes have been around for longer than 68 years. I think the Wright brothers are pretty oh. old. And Amelia Earhart? That's... Oh, we definitely had airplanes in what, World War One. Yeah, yeah. We were bombing the hell out of the Germans. That's true. In- and the Germans were bombing the hell out of England. But that was World War Two. It's still more than 68 years ago. Ah, you're right. They were literally Shoot. carpet bombing. Shoot. Either I think way. they were using albatrosses, though. I don't think they were using. Planes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they were, it was messenger pigeons and albatross. That's how we land. That's how we dropped the nuke, by the way. Oh uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. We used the Spirit Airlines plane. <laughs> In other words, a seagull with a saddle. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's Spirit Airlines for you, folks. Wow. <clears throat> well, that's all I had to say about the the old bird. I think that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, um, then uh, if we want to move on from that, we want to talk about the avocado of the week. Oh, yes. Let's, you know, let's intro the avocado. We haven't done this segment in a while. Oh, yeah. The avocado of the week, as you know, is a thing that we think is on the up and up. You know, Mm -hmm. millennials fell in love with the avocado. And ever since then, it has become one of the most popular fruits in the world. You know, there's Super Bowl avocado commercials now. So what we like to do is we like to point out something that we think could also take a, a... a hold of, you know, millennial and other culture in the same way that Avocado did. Mm-hmm. And what what is our Avocado this week? Uh, it's the movie, uh, A Star is Born, featuring Lady Gaga. Who's and... who's who's the male lead? Uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, thank you. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And Lady Gaga. And Lady Gaga. Most, yes. most importantly, Lady Gaga. Most importantly, Lady yeah, Gaga. Yeah. Uh, and it's a wonderful movie. Um, it's relatively unique because, uh, you know, we've, you've, you've probably seen movies that, you know, track or highlight a, uh, a singer's career. Um, but this isn't necessarily a, like a, you know, a true story per se. It's not like a direct, uh, reflection of someone's career and it's not, uh, designed in the way like a documentary is. I'm sure a lot of you have seen the Lady Gaga documentary Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on Netflix. It's obviously also highly recommend, highly recommended, but it's not anything like that. It's just a normal movie. Um, but what we really, you know, are moved by, uh, is the music in it. And moved, we are. Yes. I mean, I... Yeah, he teared up. No, I'm not gonna lie, there were tears. There, there were tears of, of joy and, and passion. We, you know, and I mean, you could really hear the, you know, because of the storyline, the way it follows the movie, the, the music made, like, had that much more of an impact on you, mm, you mm-hmm, know, because it mm-hmm, wasn't just, mm-hmm. you know, an arbitrary songs being played, uh, they were being played at, you know, that, with a special meaning yes, to, to, to the plot line. Yes, scenes were defined by the song. Exactly. You know, you know, key parts of the movie were, you know, key plot points were happening because of a song, in many cases. In fact, one of the biggest scenes in the movie was also, you know, followed along by one of the best songs. 
and moody. Mm. Shallow. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hard? Yeah, so that is a song. That's the first song where you hear Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper singing together. Uh, it, it like a concert type level. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it's right after they've met each other, mm-hmm. and he invites her to come come sing with him. We're yeah. not gonna give away more than that, but uh, that is basically the gist of it. And it's a very powerful, moving song. It is incredibly powerful. There's a part in the middle of that song where she, you know, takes a little vocal liberty, goes a little on her solo on us, and my golly, I'm speechless yet again. It's like manna from heaven. It is. It is like manna from heaven. It is like onyx falling upon us. Yes. In the form of manna. So shallow is the first time you hear them both sing together. But what about the last song where you hear either one of them sing in the movie? I'll never love again. I'll never love again. Very also definitely the best song in the movie. I hundred percent the best yes, song. Yes, definitely. She really flexed her songwriting skills on mm. that one. That is how you want to leave a movie theater just in absolute tears, a wreck. Yes. And that'll set you up for that perfectly. Perfect. So that is our Avocado of the Week this week, keeping it short and sweet. Let's move on to our main topics, our not-so-quick hits and headlines. The first thing we'd like to talk about is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a former NFL running back, second year in the league. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a breakout talent. He was a true star in the league. And this week, a video from TMZ has surfaced of a, would you call it assault or domestic abuse? Assault. Assault. Battery. 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 Yeah. Um, against a woman. And he has since been disbanded from the league. Actually, he was disbanded from the Chiefs. The league is still deciding what they're going to do with him. He did not, he cleared waivers. No one picked him up. So he's currently out of a job. Right. He's also on the commissioner's exempt list. Yes, which means which he will means, not play the rest of the year. Yeah, or until his, until fate, his fate is decided. Right. Um, but what is what is the, the... Why do we bring this story up? What is the point we're trying to make with this well, story? Well, the, the point is something that, you know, I did not actually consider until I heard it on mm-hmm. um, the talk show with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Uh, Shannon Sharp brought up a good point. He's mentioned that if there's going to be an indefinite ban or a you know lifetime ban for Kareem Hunt from playing football for uh, something that's deemed as domestic violence, then people in every profession should never have the chance to work in that profession again for the same infraction. Right. They Football players should not be held to a standard that professions like doctors, lawyers, lawyers school teachers, school teachers firemen, are not held to. Mm-hmm. What makes a football player's actions worthy of losing their career, mm-hmm. whereas it does it, the same? It does not apply to other professions. Right. The uh, the uh, another way of looking at it is instead of looking at the fact that it's a football player's career, is to look at it like you're you are actually um, not acknowledging the domestic violence that someone else has received on the, from the hands of someone in a different profession. Right. Just if, if you have been abused or you have uh, been at the hands of like assault, as that woman in the video is from Kareem Hunt's actions, um, you are going to be, you are hurt um, and should be angry either way, regardless if it's a football player or a doctor or right. a lawyer. Right. So if, if the punishment for the football player is for them to suffer a lifetime ban from playing football... And it is the same for someone who's a doctor, someone who's a lawyer. And especially when you consider the fact that if you're in those fields especially, you are are actually involved in customer service. You're, yes, and you are in a position, in many of those cases, you're in a position of power with, you are in a structural position of power with female clients. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is a, you, it's not, a football player, this is extraneous to their job. Yes. But as you're saying, in many of these cases, it is actually part of their job exactly yeah and and you know and again like with Shannon Sharp's point is simply that it should apply all across the board because if the message you're trying to send is you're an abuser you never get a shot at, at your profession then it should uh, apply across the board no matter what yeah and I what have... what difference is it that you can't play football ever again versus being a doctor right 
Right, then, and, and you brought up a good point that I hadn't even considered from the, um, you know, the woman's perspective. If if you get assaulted by a doctor, there is not the it it feels as if there's not the same repercussions mm-hmm. than there would be for for a football player. It almost seems like justice is not being served to abusers who are not football players. Exactly, and I would like to point out that while you know it, it's a work in action, it's it's a work in progress for a lot of uh, organizations like. Anyone that's a doctor, anyone that's a lawyer is probably part of an association. It, it could be like the, you know, Heart Association of America, like some sort of surgical association. If you're a lawyer, you're obviously part of like some sort of bar association. Uh, and NFL players are part of the NFLPA. And um, the NFLPA is the one that gets the most scrutiny for not punishing players enough for these sorts of, you know, these sorts of incidences. Yeah. And the, the only argument we're trying to make here is that it should not just be, you know, the NFL players that are, um, you know, who are in the public's eyes as needing to be punished for these actions. Uh, all professional associations should have a strict rule, you know, that if you are involved in these actions, you should be banned. It should, if it's if it's not if you want to apply it to one, uh, you know, group of laborers, you can call it basically one one professional occupation. Apply it to all. Yeah. Is our point. So, you know what I just thought of. What is different between the majority of players in the NFL than, say, the majority of people working as doctors? Race. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I obviously I'm not going to draw any, you know, correlation or, or causational lines there. But it has to be considered that we have had race issues in the NFL this whole time. Exactly. And, and I, the fact that there are very heavy sanctions for this kind of thing against the players in the NFL from the owners and from the PA it could be a result of the inherent racism in the league. Yes. Uh, you know, we would also like, like you know, want to point out that, um, as this is a combined opinion too, that, you know, the punishment he's receiving is justified. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah, trying right. to say, I'm not We're, trying yeah, to. Yeah, we want, we, we, it is justified, but again, it should not be only applied to uh, people in a certain po- occupation and certainly not a ba- certain, race. A certain right. race. It needs to be, if this is a, a direction that we want to truly con- commit to in this country, it needs to be across the board. Yeah. It's not a complicated, overly advanced theory. A professional occupation in this country, if you are going to ban people from uh, participating in their professional occupation for the rest of their lives, for this for this action, it should be across the board. It needs to be a, a rule within every professional organization and every association. It should not be selective to sport. It needs to be applied in hockey. It needs to be applied in baseball. It should be applied to the president of the United States. Yes, it it, it you know I mean if you if you think about it, you don't when people don't talk about it. But in the MLB, there have been a lot of significant, a lot, a lot, a lot, lot of lot. significant um, players that have been involved in domestic violence. Um, you know, a lot like uh, drug abuse that's led to domestic violence, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, you you know, you people kind of like jump when they hear eighty game ban, but that's only half the season, that, right? And NFL, most NFL bans are six to eight games, which is also. Half, half the, the season. season, not you know, so it's not that significant of a difference. It, you yeah. have to look at it from like a scale point. Yeah, you know? right. All right. Well, speaking of racial injustices mm-hmm. in the NFL, I would say this is more more than even a racial injustice. It's a you know a uh, a decision to 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 ban someone for speaking their voice. Yes, know? yes. Yeah. This is just plain old injustice. Exactly. Yeah. So Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, is still jobless. Has not even received a workout. Has not even received a workout. Right. And we still have yet to get a good explanation from any coach as to why that is. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple things I want to talk about. The first thing is that Kaepernick is jobless while players who are who are committing actual crimes, domestic violence, domestic violence are receiving second chances. Mm-hmm. That If that does not scream... Uh, injustice from the, the the people that are in charge of the NFL. I don't know what does. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the one thing we'd also like to tell people that don't know anything about football, bringing up the one game where Colin Kaepernick threw four picks is ridiculous. Yeah. It's one game. Yeah. Nathan Peterman has a job in the league, and he threw five. 
And no, he threw five and one half or something like that. Nathan Peterman, by the numbers, is the worst. N- I'm not kidding you. The oh. worst quarterback in NFL history. Oh, Aaron Rodgers has to some like throw like what like a hundred uh, straight interceptions just to get the same quarterback rating. Just to get the same quarterback rating. Yeah. Insanity. Insa- that, that's, and, that's, and yet, and yet he started over the course of two seasons. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and so we're just we're giving you a reference point. If if your argument is somehow based in statistics and skill, you're not just you don't know what you're talking Kaepernick about. Kaepernick was was 13 seconds away from winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Winning a he was Super he was a he was a uh, ref decision. You know, of yes. like a 50-50 decision yes. to throw a pi. Yes. Um, from getting a shot from the one yard line to win the Super Bowl, basically. Yeah. And and that is and I mean that was. Like part of his success. I mean, he set I think the playoff rushing record for a quarterback, or maybe no, not a player, but a quarterback yeah, yeah. against the Packers, like yeah. four, like six, seven years ago. Yeah. Like, you know, if your argument is rooted in skill, like we don't know to tell you you're wrong. Yeah, there's I, not, there's no argument about that, especially when we move on to the next part, which would be the Redskins. The red, the, yes. specifically the Redskins. They are the the team in question, as Vince mentioned earlier. People, you know committing domestic violence have gotten second chances. Reuben Foster, released by the 49ers, as soon as they heard about his domestic violence charges, was picked up on waivers by the Washington Redskins. Well, that's not skip over the fact they had actually heard about the domestic violence many times. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they, yeah. he came into the draft with domestic violence issues. Right. The, they drafted him in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, this, and funny, funnily enough, the 49ers organization that also released Colin Kaepernick. Yes, correct. Yes. Um, but... So the Redskins, you know, they've signed Reuben Foster now, and now they've unfortunately lost both their starting quarterbacks. Yes. So they're talking about Alex Smith, and now Colt McCoy is out. Okay, um, I, I again, not many people know this, but most teams don't keep three viable quarterbacks at one time on their they roster. Didn't, this team did not even keep two. Colt McCoy has been in the league for like seven years and is horrible. Yes, he's has, not. Has not won a football game in this league. Yeah, so, and they did not even give, so our point is they didn't even give Colin Kaepernick a workout. A workout. And and then and then you have teams, I mean, you have teams all over the league who are starting quarterbacks who sh- would not even go and start for the University of Missouri. You have Cody Kessler starting for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cody Kessler was cut by the Browns. The Browns cut him and decided to go with the guy from Notre Dame who his whose own coach at Notre Dame said he isn't an NFL quarterback. You have Cody Kessler, who's worse than a guy who was said wasn't even an NFL quarterback, and Kaepernick doesn't have a job. And and the and the and like uh, while the Jags are on the down are are on the fall, it's clear that Blake Bortles is not the quarterback of the future. Yeah. So they have an incentive to sign a quarterback like Kaepernick to see how he develops. Yeah. How he fits with our system. And the Redskins are in the playoff hunt. They the, the should... Redskins were when 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 their quarterbacks got hurt. Were first in their division by a game and a half. Yeah, and they have they, if they're already you know playing their cards and taking chances by signing like literal domestic you know people who've committed domestic violence. Uh, Ruben Foster's skill cannot be questioned. He's a highly touted linebacker, and they've had issues at, with injuries at the linebacker position. Then it makes no sense not to at least give him a workout. Yeah, and and if you hear the, and the, my biggest thing is none of the coaches have given a good explanation for it yet. Mm-hmm. Their coach said, you know, we considered everyone, but it just didn't show up on the tape. We don't think we, you know what he said? He said, if we had brought him in during camp, it would have been a different story. Except everyone that they're looking to sign right now hasn't been there in camp. Yeah. What are you talking about, my guy? J- the ones are the one they're looking at, Josh Johnson. I ha- I would, I would don't want to speak like without the facts, but I, when I was listening to uh, the first take with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, I think he hasn't thrown a pass in like over three years. Yeah. Literally a pass in a regular season game. Yep. Okay. And um, do you know who Josh Johnson is? No, me neither. No. And you don't know Colin Kaepernick because of the, uh, about the whole, the, what he's involved in. You know him because he's a Super Bowl you, quarterback. Yeah. You know him because at one time he was the biggest star in the NFL. Yes. Um, he, 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 there was a point during his Super Bowl run where he was the face of the NFL. He was the face of Beats. He was the face of Nike. He mm-hmm. was the face of the NFL. And people forget that. <sighs> Anyways, we'll move off of our football topics and we'll move back into the realm of space. We have another story coming at you guys about the NASA InSight Mars rover mission. So... NASA just launched, and we just had touchdown on Mars for a new rover called the InSight. 
the goal of this rover, which is different than any other rover we've had, is to actually study <clears throat> the makeup of Mars and specifically deep into the core and the mantle of Mars. We're going to be studying what Mars is actually made of, what's what's under the surface that we haven't been able to see yet, and it's going to explore parts of Mars that we have never seen before. So this is very cool. You know, in a time where uh, NASA is being defunded, um, space travel is being privatized, you know, it's going to SpaceX, it's going to uh, Blue Horizon, it's going to Russia. We still have NASA who is looking to make advancements in science and I think that's super cool. We, I believe they had to disband the other Mars rover. Am I correct? Or is that no, one still that, running? No, that one's still running. The Curiosity rover. So uh, we want to talk about the Curiosity rover to remind people that there is already a rover on there. But that's only been studying the surface. And specifically, it's been um, trying to see if the surface of Mars can support at least microbial life. Yeah. Um, the reason we're looking for microbial life is that would be the like the core place to start right it, obviously if it cannot support even small organisms let alone, it could definitely not support humans yeah. or any larger you know uh, organisms per se and uh you know if anyone's curious i guess ah, you could say uh please. the curiosity rover i'm sure you've heard is the uh, rover that sings itself happy birthday uh at least it did on its first birthday i don't right. know if it still is able to after that yeah but it was programmed to sing itself happy birthday on its first birthday up there alone. That's a heartwarming story. It's also depressing. That is depressing. Wow. It has and it has it may be an inanimate object, but it has feelings. Absolutely. Any comments on the Insight Mars rover? Uh, no, but I'm excited to see what we find out about it. I'm and also... not just and not just about Mars, but to see if there's some sort of scientific discovery it makes that can be applicable to uh, you know, life on or life on Earth or oh, technology absolutely. on and, Earth. And that's and as we all know, literally the majority of technological advancements come from space exploration and materials and devices that were invented for space for travel. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, we would like to finish out this podcast, which is likely going to be put up around the time, around Christmas time. Likely. Yeah. By the time this gets edited, uh, you know, by the time it goes through the rigorous post-processing. Mm-hmm. It will be around Christmas time, which means that it's the end of the 2018 calendar year. Wow. So what we would like to do in this in this last segment is we'd like to go over a year in review for a part of the year that, uh, you know, I would not want to say dominates our lives, you know, but this is a big part of who we are and, you know, what we like to do in a big part of the culture, and that is favorite albums of 2018. Yes. Uh these are specifically rap albums. They, well, I would say these are. Spe- I, we did not shoot go out of our way to find specifically rap albums. Yes. I think it just happens that the albums that rap dominated this year for sure. Hip hop, oh, yeah, yeah. hip hop dominated albums this year, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that the ones that we've chosen for the best this year are all hip hop albums. That's, you know, that's a good point. You know, in years past, they haven't all been hip hop albums. Mm, that's a good point. I, I can't think of any examples. <laughs> you know, in the past five do you, years. Do you not remember Miley Cyrus's rookie effort? Oh yes, very good point. Yeah. Very good point. I, I'm sure there was a Fallout Boy Fallout Boy album a couple years ago that was something. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or like a Blink 182. A bl- yeah, I would say once you once you start getting like six years ago, then we're getting into stuff. You know, Blink 182. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Rihanna. Le- Rihanna. Rihanna. Absolutely. Oh, Rihanna. I would say actually Gaga. Oh yeah, Beyonce, Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Wow, those female artists—they, you know, we—I don't know—we don't really have a good one right now that's dominating the charts. Other, and I don't want to mention uh, "She Who Shall Not Be Married to Offset" anymore. Yes, but she who's she who's um, had her marriage ruined by a woman who said, and I quote, "I didn't realize her marriage was that serious." <laughs> And I did not, and I began to question, are there levels to marriage? I didn't That's know, a, I didn't know a marriage could just be, I didn't know there was a talking marriage and then mm, a yeah, 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 yeah. marriage marriage. It's it's the millennials, man. There's the, there's the marriage where you do have their Snapchat. Yeah. Oh. It's the marriage where you're just Instagram friends. There's a marriage where you track locations. Yes, yes. That's, I mean, yeah. that's a whole nother thing. There's a marriage for strictly tax evasion reasons. Yes, yes, There's yes. a marriage to get a green card. Yep. Uh, I'm very yeah, familiar yeah. with that. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, There's a marriage um, so that you have an in with Putin. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, there is, um, 
oh, oh there's the like two year fling, you know, mm. uh, so that you can flex on everyone with a big wedding. Yes, yes. yes. There's the there's the marriage because your parents are pressuring you to get together with someone because they oh. feel like you're lonely. Ah, uh, yep. You know, yep. so you, you have to do your parents proud. Yeah, there's the engagement to uh, uh, two days pr- uh, post breaking up with your ex boyfriend. Yes, yeah. yes. There's the there's the pr- um, you know getting hitched two weeks after your ex boyfriend uh, passes away. Yes, yes. There, um, there is what I feel like. There's a lot of. I, th- I think we've, we've we've determined here is um, that marriage has mi- levels to the it. mistress. In Cardi B's case, was correct. She's correct. She thought they were in the talking. They marriage. thought they were in the, the talking marriage. Yes, and 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 rightfully so. I mean, didn't uh, you know? Like, Austin's hear... been cheating the whole time. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is just the uh, putting on the cake. <laughs> it's icing on the cake. But as a foreigner, I refuse to say the phrases properly. Ah, yes, uh, the sayings okay. properly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because mm-hmm. that would that wouldn't but, make sense. Well, that would mean you are, you know, what's the word uh, when assimilating. you assimilating. Yes. Which, in when you, when you assimilate, you lose your culture. Ah, yes, yes. I literally will lose the melanin in my skin. It's true. It's true. You'll actually have to go out and buy an F-150. F-250. F, correct. Good. F-350 if you want to, you know. F-350, really yeah. If I really flexed. want the Ron Jeremy treatment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With, with lifted. Oh. Fully lifted. Yeah, and you have to have the stickers on the back for the companies that sponsor your truck. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like NRA. Ah, uh, the NRA, yeah. the uh, Lockheed Martin. Oh, 100%. I would just put a Gatling gun in the back of my Ford truck. Oh, absolutely. And if anyone tries to stop me, I will literally fire at them. <laughs> wow. Let's All right. Well, take this segment out because that was murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to be clear, we do not. Um... But keep the part where, you know, we, we, we still have a Gatling gun mounted on the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. But as everyone knows, I've never used it. Right, right. But I would like to know that I could protect myself from the government's tanks and F-16s. Yes, yes, correct. Because when the government is trying to take away your rights yeah. forcefully with their literally hydrogen bombs. Yes. It, it is reassuring to know that at least you have a machine gun mounted to your truck. Yes, exactly. And that I have, uh, and that my toddler, mm-hmm. who is actually currently still in the womb, yeah, the womb, the womb, is trained on how to fire a gun. Yes, yes. And it actually has a, sh- a, a tiny uh, nineteen. A, a nineteen. A nineteen. It, it folded my womb. It's much like that Sasha Baron Cohen bit. Ah, yes, which was actually factually correct. Yes. I do want my three-year-old to be firing guns. Yeah. Well, I, you know. You you I you know I saw in the news there were a bunch of migrants in a caravan coming for our country. Oh, if you don't think I'm putting my son on that border, you're off your rocker. <laughs> what are we talking about? Albums. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is um. So we're gonna start uh, with our top two albums. There are front runners uh, for albums of the year. My my pick was gonna be the Carter Five, Bella Wayne. For me, it's always hard to differentiate what's the top album, per se. Uh, I guess, of... yeah, we should probably say what's our criteria. Yeah, is so... This, is this best? What do we mean by best? So, for me, for me, it is um, the... Uh, what's the word? The ability of the songs on the album to be played in a lot of different settings. Mm. You know? Um, you know, for me, that's... I mean, that's one of the things I look at. You know, like, a lot of music, like, say, Ace Hood. I'll listen to The Gym. But please, I'm never going to be listening to that in my car. Right. Trying to enjoy myself. Right. You know, that is right. not, like, I don't think that's quality music. But it's loud. It's exciting. It's got a good beat. You know, something like what, tra- like, we're not personally fans of Travis Scott. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'd be something that'd be cool to go to a concert to. It's sure. loud. It's got, like, cool sound effects, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, like, something it's easy to sing along to. It's not, yeah. like, complicated lyric. Right, right. You know? So that would be, that. I mean, that's cool for that setting, you know. Yeah, it's so, lit, but as they say. Exactly. As the Dave East album goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the Carter Five, I mean, songs like Uproar, songs like Mona Lisa, I think what's cool about it is there's a wide range of music in there. You know, Uproar is like a, a really like hip, like hip hop, like fast paced song. You know, you can listen to it in the gym, you hear it at a club, you can dance to it. Yep. You know, then a song like Mona Lisa is a little slower mm-hmm. and has a has crazy a story, story yeah. you know, like a really cool story to it, you know. Um, you know, there's, there, there's problems. There's a bunch of songs on there that, you know, have 
a great lyrical meaning, and they're like they've got good crossover appeal. Yeah, you, know, you can yeah, play them in different yeah. settings, and so that's what makes that's why I like that album. But I would say, you know, I would make the point that there are other albums that are like that. But for me, the Carter Five I put above because of the anticipation I had for sure, it, sure. and the fact that I delivered on that anticipation. Yeah. As many Lil Wayne fans know, this album is like literally like three, four years in the making. Yeah. Um. You know, the there's been issues for contract contract issues between Lil Wayne and Birdman and Cash Money Records in general, mm-hmm. and so he's had issues being able to actually release the album, and so he was finally able to and um. Just like the other Carter three, uh, other the Carter albums, it did not disappoint. Oh, absolutely. So, and I think, uh, you know, another thing that sticks out for me about, uh, you know, the t- are my top albums mm-hmm. in general, are that they have staying power. As in, you hear it the first time and you're blown away, Good but yeah. two months later, you hear it again and you're re blown away. Or you could listen to the song every day for a week and. On the seventh day, you still like it just as much as you did the first day. Exactly. That's that's one of the big things, and that's where my my uh, favorite album of the year comes in, Daytona by Pusha T. This is a song where, or this is an album. It's short, seven songs, but every song holds has a purpose. Every song is has re-listenability. For example, just as you were saying, it, you can put it, listen to it in any context. I have every one of the songs on this album on my workout playlist. But also, if you want to, you know, really be blown away by some lyrics and storytelling, you can put it down when, you know, put it on when you're sitting around your house or your apartment just hanging out. And it, you get the same effect. And I've listened to this these songs every day when I work out. And I every time they come on, I get just as excited as the first time. You know, my two favorite songs on the album, Santeria, and Hard Piano, the Rick Ross cocaine anthem. It just continually blows me away. I mean, yeah, I would agree. Daytona is a very good album. And Push T is a really underrated artist, you know? The only, you know, the only the only drawback with Push T is he doesn't release a lot of music. Yeah. But when he does, it's very quality. Yeah. You know, there's, for- there's guys on the other end of the spectrum, like Drake... Who you know is not bad. I think he, I personally think he's pretty good. But he releases so much music that it saturates the market. Yeah. And so like eventually a couple songs here and there are pretty good. But he also releases a lot of songs that are just absolutely unlistable. Yeah. Like you yeah, yeah, really yeah. never you probably don't even know they exist because they're that bad. Right. Like when you you know on every album he has for some reason like eighteen songs. Right. Only like five or six are good. Mm-hmm. Like really good that are like you know you can listen to them for a while and over and over. But that's you know in my opinion that's all you really need. You know, like, right, it, right, right, right. you know, I, like, it's a bad ratio per se, but... I mean, in Drake's case, all you need is one song that becomes a meme. Oh, yeah, you know, exactly. Literally, like, you get one song that becomes, like, a dance video. Exactly, and, perfect. Yeah. And you're on top of the charts. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, what we're trying to get at is Pusha T puts out all quality music. All quality music. But it's uh, very limited, Yeah, he'll never, he'll never be, you know, the nation's number one best-selling Exactly, yeah. He doesn't put out enough tracks, enough albums... Mixtapes, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, he may not be the number one selling, but he'll always be at least someone's favorite rapper out there. Exactly, you know? yeah. So, all right. So, uh, those are our two favorite albums. But there are, are a few albums that just missed the cut, you know, that were in contention for the top spot. Mm. The first one I would like to, you know, bring up is Swimming by Mac Miller. You, I've talked about this album already on a podcast. But it is, the reason I bring it up, not only because it was one of my favorite albums of the year, uh, but because it was just nominated for a Grammy. As I, it should have been. As it should have been. I don't I, think this is a posthumous uh, uh, pity Grammy. Right. Uh, it, he was literally a really good artist. Yeah, and, and this al- a, yeah. album was really good. And it was a very complete album. It, 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 the, the flow and the production of this album was amazing, all done by Mac Miller himself. He doesn't you know, bring anyone on to write or do any of the music or the beats or the piano or the drums or anything. That's all him. And uh, the storytelling on that album was amazing. And it honestly, even... Yeah, you know, obviously he never meant it to be this way, but it was, it is Grammy fodder, the album. I mean, the way that it was produced and the way that it was written was exactly the kind of hip-hop album that the Grammys like to see. Um, So our second Just Missed the Cut album, Kamikaze by Eminem. Mm-hmm. The key song we want to talk about is Not Alike. Featuring Royce the Five Nine, all uh, his 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 buddy out of Detroit. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's one thing that we always rep uh, here in Michigan about Eminem is he always gives chances to fellow Detroit rappers. He helped Big Sean come up. Yep. yep. Uh, Royce the Five Nine. 
Uh, there's uh, basically everyone on that one song, Detroit vs. Everybody, yeah, 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 who's yeah, yeah. Uh, literally not known to anybody uh, except people from Michigan. <laughs> uh, but they gave them all a chance, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, you know, this song is obviously the MGK diss, mm-hmm. uh, and it gave us a great storyline for 2018. I, th- uh, I think that's probably about, the biggest music story of 2018. I would say, yeah, yeah. From a, from a literal rap beef standpoint, sure, I guess. Sure. You know, not like there's been... You know, deaths and whatnot. Oh, fair. But, okay, yeah, you're but, right. You're but, right. Uh, you know, from, yeah, from like a, you know, rap beef standpoint, that was the, the premier rap beef, you could say. Uh, and it was also a really good song. And along with other ones, uh, he, pro, uh, that album has Venom, Venom, which went on to the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, it was a quality album. Uh, it wasn't one of his best works, but it was no. comparatively to the other albums that were released this year pretty good. I, I actually think it, you know, it was, it took a lot of crap when it came out from critics, from audience people, yeah. because, because it, you know, it did feel like he was kind of just yelling at people. Yeah. But I actually think it's underrated now. I think it took so much crap unnecessarily to begin yeah. with that it is actually now underrated in the sense that it actually is a good album. Exactly. I would, I would say 60% of the songs on that album are and good, the re- good. The reason people got mad at him for doing that was because one thing with Eminem, though, is he does that a lot. Yeah. I mean, Eminem has literally dissed everyone and everyone's mother. Yes, um, correct. So, to be fair, their mothers deserved it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so... I think it kind of gets maybe like uh, o- like overdone and people think, but the problem is what they don't realize is inherently the reason you like an Eminem is because of that. Yeah, I mean like one of his best songs ever is just a random single he dropped when Mariah Carey dissed him on a song. Yeah, and he responded. Yeah, and that in itself was a diss, and it was like one of the biggest hits ever. Yeah, I mean the man literally played a voicemail. Yes, from her that she left him that she had left him. I mean. He's wild, and that's his like go-to thing is being yeah. I mean, his loud, em- brass, crass, and, and surprising. Is exactly. you listen to an Eminem song and you're surprised. I mean, he's you know he's talking about you know beating his mom, yeah, and, and, and crazy stuff like that. And you know, I mean, you listen, you're like taken aback every time, yeah. and that's why you listen to him because it's like an adrenaline rush. Exactly, it's crazy. But again, one of our albums that just missed just the missed the cut. Next one we want to talk about is Championships. That's not. Uh, up for any like major music uh, awards, at least from the Grammy standpoint. Not for this year. Not for this year yeah. because uh, it missed the deadline per se, like the time deadline that you could get into that. Um, very good album. I think it was. You know, it's it's been a while since Meek Mill dropped the album due to external due, reasons. Yeah, due to um, um, being incarceration. In due to incarceration. Yes. yes, yes. Um, so we yeah we wanted to, you know just bring that up. It was a great great album. Uh, literally the intro, which is called. Intro mm-hmm. um, goes hard. He goes hard. It, what, he he samples in the air tonight by Phil Collins. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, at the very beginning, the he's very you know, beginning. Which again gives it like a mystical vibe. Exactly. And it's not. It's interesting because it is your classic Meek Mill shouting on the track. Yeah. But it's not. It's not accompanied by loud beats. Right. It's like a lighter beat in the background, so you can actually make out make the out lyrics, lyrics very easily. And he drops some pretty fire bars in that. He does. The other one we all talk about is what's free. If you want to talk about that one. Oh, absolutely. So What's Free, I think, is is the song that people are going to remember from this album. Yeah. Because it's the one that tells a story. Mm-hmm. So so it's 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 Meek Mill, Rick Ross, Jay-Z. And basically, they are talk, they, you know, they talk about exactly what the song's name is. And they their verses are themed around what actually is free in, in America. And specifically, Jay-Z's uh, verse goes really hard. Mm-hmm. He there There's, you know, a couple lines there where he flexes about all the companies he owns. He's like, you know, he's like 100% of Tidal, 50% of Rockefeller Records, you know, 50% or 100% of Rockaware. He just starts listing off all the ways he gets money. You know, that's a that's a flex right there. Yeah, and the chorus uh, has a really good message too. It's, uh, Meek Mill says, what's free? Free is when nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. Yep. Which is, you know, and it reminds me, you know, it's kind of a side note, but it reminds me of something. A lot of people don't recognize that um, rappers that aren't named J. Cole can be woke. Um, yes. Everyone just wants to call J. Cole woke because his rap is ver- literally just someone with put, inflecting inflecting their voice a little bit yes. and, and making a story out of it. Yeah. And so obviously it's very clear to hear his message. Right. But, I mean, Meek Mill is literally telling you Freeze when the TV ain't controlling what we see because that's one of our biggest issues nowadays is misinformation from the media. Yeah. He's, you know, telling you, you know, you got to free your mind from that. Yeah, I mean... Which it, is woke. Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, he doesn't, you know, whine 
on his on his albums all the time and he makes songs that you can play in the club doesn't mean he's not woke and that's you know the same for a lot of rappers right and there's a jay-z no red hat don't michael and prince me and yay they separate you when you got michael and prince's dna you run up a check but they never give you leverage no red hat don't michael and prince me and yay they separate you when you got michael and prince's dna yep and it's a uh, it's referring to when when people try to pit him against Kanye West, and he disagrees. Even though Jay disagrees with the media, uh, he want he doesn't want people pitting him against a fellow black person. Yeah, which is you know, which is showing basically even though we don't agree with Kanye that Jay Z's the bigger man. Yeah, correct. Okay. I mean we that was never in question. Yeah, <laughs> but regardless, so that's championships, Miguel, yeah. or one of our just missed the cut mm-hmm. albums. The next one, that our next album that just missed the cut, is On the Run by Young Thug. So this was released just before Young Thug gave himself up to the cops. Yeah. Because, um, I don't remember what the reason was, but he's out now. Yeah. He was out like a week later. But regardless, he had been on the run um, and wanted by the cops. And he wrote this album and then put it out. And the overall, it's a pretty short album. But overall, this album d- ha- was full of songs that were really good. None of the al- songs on this album were bad. Mm-hmm. And and the one that is of note, I think the one that you know is going to be an actual hit that's going to have some longevity from this album is High, where he sampled Elton John. You know, they have a mutual respect for each other. Elton John has come out and spoken about how much he thinks that Young Thug is a musical genius. And Young Thug has say- said the same thing about Elton John. So he sampled Rocket Man. On this al- or on this song, right? And it's th- the song is is great. So that's one of our you know just missed the cut albums. On uh, our last album would be Drip Harder. It's a little baby uh, gonna crossover. Yep. Um, collab. Not Speaking crossover. of Young Thug, these are his disciples. Yeah, these are his Atlanta disciples. Yeah. Uh, and the top songs from those are Never Recover. And IF an off white VL one VL one yeah that is uh, ASAP Rocky's clothing line yes so um, we we just discovered that we had to Google we had definitely had to Google that yeah uh, but uh, you know both those songs went hard mm-hmm. and th- I mean the rest of the album is really good and what it is it, what's nice about it is that he you know Lil Baby and Gunna have their, like a great uh, relationship or like a gr- like they do really well when they're on the same song yes basically. yeah yeah, just, yeah yeah you know they, yeah they really complement each other they complement each other they. Uh, you know they have some good lines. They do. They, you know they sing well mm-hmm, in the song, mm-hmm. in the actual song itself. And overall, the album was really good. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I liked about it was uh, the uh, there's some of the features they had specifically on the song "Never Recover." Yeah. They had Drake on it, and it reinforces my uh, theory that I like to pedal a lot. That there's a lot of people out there that are really good as features, and that's their key thing yeah you you throw them a beat and you say give me you know 20 line 20 bars exactly and they'll do it for you and they'll do it cardi b can even do it yeah you know lil wayne uh, you know uh, when he wasn't releasing albums was doing it a lot yeah yeah uh yep. there's guys like i even think 21 savage you know like they can give you 10 15 bars yeah. easily yeah a whole song i don't want to listen to that. no and especially if they have to come up with the production themselves exactly a lot of these yeah. guys don't have the chops exactly yeah so you know you know you, you know while drake can do the production you know he has got a great team and everything um all i'm getting at is that you know his feature on it was really good and the song in ge- and and the, that song in general was good as was the rest of the album yeah and, and, and you know another thing that's cool about this album it was kind of their coming out party not oh, you know, yeah. out of the closet, but exactly. coming out as artists. Exactly, yeah. You know, this, they were, Lil Baby and Gunna were mostly unheard of before mm-hmm. this album. It was much anticipated, you know, they were some one of the up-and-comers that people were excited about. Yeah. But, you know, we weren't sure what kind of star power, what kind of mainstream power they were going to have. And while I haven't listened to it a lot, Lil Baby just released a single album, mm-hmm. or like a solo album, yeah. uh, called The Streets, I think, or Street. Street, I think. Yeah, and uh, I haven't given it like a long listen, but I've heard good things about it, so yeah. I'm going to give it a give it a shot. And there's a lot of music coming out. I think, what, Gucci Mane just dropped yeah, an album? Yeah, Gucci dropped an album. I mean, every Friday, it seems like hip-hop drops a bunch of albums. It's it's insane. You know, even The weekend Swimming came out, it was uh, very uh, convoluted. Yeah, yeah, YG came out with YG an album. YG that... came out, which is a really good album, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should that should be on this list, That should be on this list. Yeah, that probably, but, probably missed that. That's uh, how many good albums there yeah. were. We didn't want to talk for too long. Uh, also, Astroworld came out around that time. Yeah, I think that was same weekend, actually. Same weekend, literally, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kendrick dropped an album, Kendrick, I think. yeah. So, it's been very convoluted. Oh, yeah, it was the Black Panther album. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that came you out know, Dave break. East dropped Dave an album. Oh my, the Dave East Master P yeah. or Styles P. Yeah. Uh, Ti dropped an album. Ti dropped an album. Holy uh, cow! Yeah. Jay Z and Beyonce dropped a, you know, a, collab a, a album. A collab album, which is I don't really good. like Beyonce, but yeah. it's good. It's pretty good. It's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you. I mean, it's been a really good year for music in general. Exactly. And I might just create a 2018 playlist. I already have one. Oh, I'm behind the times. Uh, you know, I the way I do it is I make a playlist every year and then I add my favorite stuff as it happens. You know what I mean? Oh, good point. All right, yeah. well, regardless, hopefully 2019 is as good of a hip-hop year for music as 2018 mm. was. Maybe we'll get a Frank Ocean album. Maybe maybe we'll finally get Port of Miami 2 from Rick Ross. Oh, yes. That, that I, mean, would... I mean, listen, my guy, you don't do enough cardio to be making us wait this long. You may not make it. <laughs> yeah, I, I need that album from you pronto. Pronto pumps, uh. my guy. It's it's uh, it's your civic duty. You know, I was just revisiting. I think a couple weeks ago, it was the 15 year anniversary of Jay Z's The Black album. Oh yeah. And Kanye produced like a couple of the huge hits off that album. I mean, that was before Kanye was even like a a guy that people knew, and he was producing some of the biggest hit. I think he produced like Public Service Announcement off the Black album. That's just me remembering. In remembrance of one of the greatest rap albums of all time. So, thank you all for listening to this podcast. I know we've, you know, been on a hiatus. We do what we can. I don't know how we fit one in during finals week, but we did what we could. Yeah. You know, we, we do it for the people. We do it for the fans. We'll try to drop one over the break. Over yeah. Over break. Yep. One or two, possibly. Yeah. We'll have plenty of free time. Uh, and then I'll be off to new... Or lens. New Orleans, nice. New Orleans. Wow. Nolens. Nolens. Nola. Nola. To sample po'boys mm-hmm. and jambalaya and gumbo. Yep. And bourbon. We will definitely do a pod after, or maybe while we're down there. Oh, we'll do a podcast with with uh, with Anthony Davis. Yes. Anticipate. Let's get let's get the whole crew. Let's get you know Drew. Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he, mm, I would like to talk to him, but if we get Alvin Kamara. Oh, I would rather have that. Oh shoot, you're right. And uh, yeah, and Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis. And Drew Holiday. Drew, yes. Yeah, yes. we could get him yeah. on board. Yeah. Uh, is Buddy Heald on that team? No, he's get... in the oh, he's on the Kings. Yeah. Shoot, he I was about to talk to that Buckley boy. Regardless, uh, thank you for listening. This has been the We'll Get to It Later podcast. Come again, and we will talk to you all. Thank you for listening to the We'll Get To It Later podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. If you have suggestions for upcoming shows or want to stay connected and join the conversation, make sure to follow our socials on Twitter at GetToItLaterPod and on Facebook at We'll Get To It Later podcast. Until next time, Mind Tricks lead us out.